Welcome to the Freestyle Approach with Tracy Kafer. This episode is called Defrosting. Thanks for joining us. Physical, low energy, but emotionally and mentally, this has been the most high I've been a week. And I know exactly where it comes from. What? Tell me. Well, I my boyfriend just left the house. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I had a really good conversation about my needs. Oh, like, good. Actually, yeah, I was going to break up yesterday, but that's actually a really cool story about defrosting that we can. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna dive right in and probably keep this in. So, hello, welcome, welcome, uh, listener, wherever you are. My name is Tracy. This is the Freestyle Approach podcast, where we have spontaneous conversations around lots of stuff. In fact, today. We're going to focus on the topic of defrosting, you know, related to the idea of wintering, which is something that's very topical for me personally and as well for Vanessa. So that's why we're here. And Vanessa is um, on the Finding Your Freestyle team. She has facilitated some online virtual experiences in 2020 and will probably do so in 2021. But her role in her own business is an alignment and sensuality coach. Uh, I think Vanessa is such a badass. Um, when she talks, I listen. There's so much wisdom um, in this woman's work. And I welcome you warmly. So feel free to say hi. Anything you want to say before we get started and find out more about you? Hi, friends. How are you? Whatever you are, whatever hour it is, whichever activity you find yourself doing as you listen to this i'm excited to share with you and uh, i'm soaking in your vibes from here even though i don't know where you are nor who you are i can feel you whichever moment in time you're listening to this mm. that's lovely so tell us a little about you so background stuff and really i don't mind what you tap into but just whatever comes forward about who you are, how you got here in 2021, doing what you're doing? Ooh, well, people got the popcorn, got the tea. Uh, <laughs> I honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is I'm a freaking dreamer. I Everything that I look at right now, this computer, my life, my work, was at some point a dream in my head. And it's a very humbling and magical experience when I am able to pause and see that this little kid from Venezuela that was always put to sleep to the American anthem has been living in the States for 10 years and it's not been easy because migration limbo stuff will take a toll emotionally and, and personally, and you make a lot of sacrifices to, to really ensure your, your survival, right? Your, that your basic needs of food and shelter are covered when you're not in a country that's yours. Um, but that as those things have taken care of themselves, I have been able to really open back up to that sensuality, which we can talk about this later, but it's, it's on the broader sense, right? It's not only in the bedroom, I'm talking about opening up the senses to really perceive what's in and out of me 
to create a reality that I love. It's just, it's, it's been, <laughs> I don't have words for it. I'm a freaking dreamer and they just, it happens <laughs> at some point. And, and that's why I do what I do. Cause I want to, I want to offer people the opportunity to dive deep down their own rabbit holes and, and, and like de-layered all these things that keep us kind of like in the wash, rinse, repeat of things and realize that we, we have the powerful tools at our disposal as long as we find a way to be safe in our bodies, in our minds, in our souls, then magic really can happen. Mm. That's lovely, Vanessa. Can you tell me a little bit about, or tell us a little bit about um, the different landmarks in your life, maybe in the recent past or going further back, that um, woke up this desire to assist folks with reconnecting to their sensuality. So of course, big hint, I'd love to hear about pole dancing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what are those, those places that you landed and that, that is a part of this, this Ooh. journey you're on? Well, I've always been, ever since I was a kid, I think the first landmark that I, that I can land on my memory really comes down to to that sexual awakening phase that we all go through. Um, I don't really remember exactly when and how it happened, but I do remember that, well, this is the first time I'm sharing this with anybody. That's not like close friends, but it feels, it feels right to talk about these things. Um, my first wet dream of sorts, I was like, I want to say I was eight. And it was this weird dream where Leonardo DiCaprio was in a chair blindfolded and I was wearing like, I was a grown ass adult <laughs> wearing like Madonna style bras, just like playing with Leonardo DiCaprio. And I'm like, I woke up so confused from that dream <laughs> as an eight year old. I was like, I have never seen this anywhere. Where the hell, like, what's going on in this brain of mine, right? I'm like here watching Dora the Explorer and then boom, Leonardo DiCaprio is blindfolded on a chair and I'm a grown-ass woman. <laughs> so that was the first very solid <laughs> approach to, to that sensuality in the, in the erotic side of life. And then I've always been super inclined to, to do all things taboo, right? So I was inclined to like dream interpretation when I was very little. My dad bought me my first tarot deck when I was about eight. So I'm starting to see a pattern here as I talk to you that I have <laughs> never really put together. Um, astrology was really big as well. And as I continue to like move along in life, um, I've always had a very vivid connection to, I don't know if you would call it the astral world, the collective of sorts. Uh, and I always kind of knew that there was something that I, that I wanted to do something non-conventional that had to do with talking to a lot of people and kind of like bringing them to this land of possibility where there's no specific picture. It literally, it's like the mirror of Erised. You just stand in front of it and whatever you want is what you will get out of it. And then from then I went to the regular uh, conditioning stages, if you may, where I had to decide on a career. I wanted to do something artistic. Um, but deep down, I felt like 
even in, even though I've never expressed this verbally within my family, I felt like if I said, hey, I want to do acting, I was going to get disowned. Mm. And up to this point, I don't even know if that's true or if that's a story I told myself to keep me safe and ingrained into like find something else. Um, so I went to hotel and tourism. That was all back in Venezuela. Venezuela went through like a crazy political stage. I had to leave, came here, had to start over. I was like halfway done with my school and I had to start all over at the age of 23. So I was back here, new country, new college, starting from scratch. Graduated from that, transferred to NYU, did the whole like nine to five, trying to really get into this hospitality world because I really thought that it was conventional enough for me to make people happy, but unconventional enough to make me happy. Mm. It made me so miserable. (laughs) (laughs) So miserable to the point that I remember like the last moments of hospitality, I... I could not remember a day off where I was not drunk. Mm. And it sucked. Then one day I woke up from a party with a black eye because I had fell in the bathroom and hit my face (laughs) with the sink. I had smoked two packs of cigarettes and I woke up and I was like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Pardon my French, sorry. (laughs) Um, What are you doing with your life? You're in this job that you hate you don't have friends, you have one day off a week and you're serving assholes (laughs) at a country club who don't know, who are actually really great at masking their own struggles and pretending that they're fine. I don't wanna be that. And then I took a trip to Hawaii, came back, started pole dancing I realized that the the rabbit hole was way deeper than a nine to five. It was having had a long distance relationship when I was in school in Virginia and I moved to New York, knowing very much so from the beginning that that had no future because I wanted to be in the city and I wanted to see the world. And my almost fiance wanted to stay in his country lifestyle and and just chill and like buy this huge house and live in a place that had no roads and I couldn't do that and then it went back back to remembering my first long-term boyfriend I, I was with him for like a year when I was 16 and I remember early in the relationship he said to me I wish I could kill a past version of you because you had sex with someone and that didn't matter and I believed him. And so pole dancing really was this process of mourning all these lies and discovering the, the true power under all of this hate and guilt and shame. Yeah. How, I'm so curious, how long ago was that? Did you start pole dancing and you had this shift this mindset shift this embodiment shift uh i took my first pole dance class in 2016 but i was working at a casino i had absolutely no time but i remember i i took that first class and i felt so sore the next day (laughs) yeah 
I couldn't even lift my arms up to put my hair on a ponytail. And it felt so good. <laughs> it, I, I just, I couldn't grasp the fact that I couldn't move my body. Like, how, how does this feel so good? And then I kind of had to let it go. And when I came back to it in 2017, kind of when, when I was starting to get really fed up with the country club, I was like, well, you know, if I'm going to be miserable here, I might as well do something with my one day off that is not getting drunk. And I started going to pole dance classes once a week. And it just became like this. It really, as cliche as it sounds, uh, I'm sure a lot of people can resonate. It, it really felt like the only place where I was alive. Yeah. Like it felt like somebody had plugged in a new TV and I could see myself like not even from, from normal TV, but like from black and white static, I need to bang on the TV kind of image to a 4K IMAX experience. And it wasn't because I got all the tricks right. It wasn't because I could move with grace and flow. No, I looked like Bambi trying to walk <laughs> but it felt so true it felt so real it felt so Vanessa like like it literally was a like a whole like rebirthing process and I don't think it's it's really hard to explain this to people that haven't had their own rebirth experience whether it's with pole dancing or with whatever other thing that really made them feel alive. Because if you would have told me in 2013, like, you are so not in your body, I'll be like, what do you mean? <sighs> Smoke on one side, vodka tonic on the other one. I am so alive. I'm leaving the carpet DM. I'm here in the club or I'm in the school. It's so different when you truly stop to process the good, the not good, <laughs> everything that you have been stuffing down. Yeah. Really powerful to hear your words on that. I mean, I have my own sense of resonance hearing you describe your journey, like reflecting back on my own um, and the things that were a part of that. Um, but yeah, Paul, Paul is it is so interesting how impactful it is mm -hmm. considering what, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it obviously is rich in um, history that deserves way more respect than it gets in the sex worker and stripper world. Um, but when you pare it down, it's just a metal, <laughs> a metal rod anchored to the ceiling and the floor mm. and what has gathered around that is just so rich um and has i i've seen it had such a profound experience on folks in in a variety of ways mm -hmm. um so thank you for sharing that and i think i would love to segue from here to because what i hear in that this rebirth is very much a spring energy but the topic that we want to steer towards today is the winter and I don't know if this will make sense to you or you'll be able to describe this because sometimes we don't know what lands us into winter um, it sort of feels like it's coming towards us and we are oblivious to it but 
can you fast forward to, you know, I think what you were telling me before is your winter has been fairly recent. Um, things that led to this time where you got pulled in even deeper. Ooh. Yeah. It's honestly, it's, it's hard to pinpoint what pulls you in. Yeah. Um, for me, as I was sharing before, 2020 was actually not a bad year on the personal level. Like I felt such a summer energy within my own personal sphere that I feel, I feel like to me, it was almost like a shockwave effect. It was kind of like, like somebody like clapped their hands in this force field came out of 2020 and actually caught up with me in the in the late like I want to say maybe it started in December but I could really like I felt the punch like literally like fist in my face of winter early February this year it it was and it was very hard to describe to people around me because all they see is, is the results, right? They're like, well, you know, you, you just got into grad school, you have a full-time job, you have your coaching business, you, you have a good apartment, you have, you know, you have all these things that you have been gifted with, especially in a time like this. Why are you so out of it? Yeah. And I couldn't pinpoint why I was out of it. It just felt off. I wasn't working out. Actually, whoa, backtrack. I know exactly when when it hit my face. It was right after. It started happening when I graduated body and pole. Mm. So just for for listeners at home or wherever you are, uh, Vanessa did a work-study program at a big Chelsea NYC studio called Body and Pole. It's a pole and aerial studio where I'm also work as a creative director. And that's where we met. Um, so please continue work study program. She graduated. Yeah. So it was, it was interesting to have this like moment of reflection of like, why am I so angry that I'm graduated when I know this is the right thing? Like I can't extend my stay in this program because I have grad school and I have other things and I'm going to be too burnt out. And it hit me that the reason why I was so angry to the point where I, I really do think that that anger led me to get a lesson that I couldn't really like, it, it didn't let me get into my performance pieces as much as I wanted to. I think it was the fact that I was angry with life <laughs> because I couldn't say goodbye properly. You know, we, we couldn't get together. We couldn't celebrate. There was no Christmas party. And then it was just like a backtracking of, you know, one of my best friends moved to LA and I had to say bye, like in a park, like in two hours, my really, my, one of my biggest friends moved to Chicago in the middle of the pandemic. And I couldn't say bye to him when he left New York. Like, did I go see him later? Yes, but it's not the same. So it, it was just a lot of, accumulated goodbyes that I didn't get to do or get to see or, or get to feel and close up in a way that felt 
like it was an appropriate closure for something that had so much importance in my life. That led me into this spiral of, I don't want to work out. And then in my mind, what I was saying is, I need a break. I need a break because, oh, the studio. So much, I did so much. I need a break from pole dancing. And then a break from pole dancing also became a break from walking and, and, and eating properly and yoga and stretching. And then fast forward, I'm like, this goes way beyond that. I'm, I'm here looking at my computer all day trying to lift a business, you know, trying to build a business, trying to stay connected with people, but I have nothing to give to no one. And that's when like weekly therapy had to step up. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't. I cried so much. And, and people were like, why? I don't understand what, what's going on. And I'm like, I can't even tell you what's going on. Yeah. 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 I just recently also went through, I mean, it's amazing. Our timelines are so similar. Like kicking off with like that great conjunction event in December. You know, if you want to talk about stars <laughs> and planets and stuff. Um, and then just moving into, holy crap, the the whammy of Aquarian energy. Um, uh, February for me was rough and I had that similar um, knocked into my own grief. And, and maybe it's me projecting, but that's what I hear is grief. Mm -hmm. uh, there is no space for me to acclimate and get used to not having these things. And that's like, you know, that's kind of what grief is, is like the adjustment of I had this and now I don't have this. And I felt that myself. Um, and it's and the reason I wanted to talk to you about this, and that probably maybe you wanted to talk about it as well, is it's so um, not acceptable in the outward expression of life, because it is such an inward expression of life. It's very hard to discuss it with people, even people very close to you. Um, there's not a great deal of like comprehension and understanding, especially if people aren't in the same phase. It's like they can't even see it. Um, and it feels extremely isolating unless you know people who have wintered. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this at home, highly suggest you look into the new book that was published last year called Wintering. I'm currently reading right now. And if, if you'll indulge me, Vanessa, I want to read a quote from this book that is, um, is speaking, speaking so softly and kindly to me coming out of winter, reading this book has been extremely validating. And of course, like talking to you as well. Um, it's like, oh yeah, okay. It's not just me. <laughs> um, so the quote is, certainty is a dead space in which there's no more room to grow. Wavering is painful. So I'm glad to be traveling between the two. And what it reminds me of is the fact that life is movement. And no matter how much we want to stay on that one side of the spectrum of life, where flowers are blooming and shit is happening and opportunities pop in, and we cannot and shouldn't expect that we, we cannot avoid 
at some point traveling to the other side. Um, and if we could welcome that, uh, and when I was able to find moments of welcoming that, it's a very different experience. I don't know, do you wanna, can you, can you speak to, were there any moments that you had in, the, in that hibernation where you felt acceptance? I mean, I saw it, some of the videos you posted. Can you talk about the moments of, okay, I can allow this and what that experience was like? Sure, I mean, there's so little moments when we truly, well, when I feel, how do I phrase this? Take your time. When we're moving through that space, right, between the certain and the unknown, the more we stop and realize that we're moving towards the unknown, the more freaked out I get. Yeah. And so I know personally, I try not, I, I, in the past, I've, I've tried not to have many moments where things feel unknown. However, when I allow myself to feel the, the whole, the floor is lava moment, and, and I allow that rush of, holy crap, what am I going to do? What, what are these feelings? It, it literally just feels like somebody just dropped like 3,000 water balloons of different colors onto me. I'm like, I don't even, I can't tell what, what is what anymore. When you allow to see that and be in that, it's almost like releasing the pressure of a pressure cooker. Mm -hmm. It really gives your soul, your body, your mind room to experience the tornado in a whole different way. I know for me, like I can pinpoint two very specific moments where that happened. Uh, one happened over like a three, four day period where it was just so much, it felt so dizzying. It was like this carnival ride and it wouldn't stop and it wouldn't stop and I wouldn't stop crying and I couldn't eat. And I just kept asking myself like, what is, what's happening? There's so many good things planted in your garden right now, yet you can't see them because all you see is all the weeds that you need to take out or the spaces where the rabbit came and ate your favorite carrot and now the hole is there. And you can't see the sprouts that are coming and you just focus on the hole that the freaking rabbit left when he took your carrot. <laughs> I know where I'm getting these analogies from because I am not a gardening person. No, you have you have a, a great um, <laughs> metaphoric and the landscape going on. It's great. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, it's, and all you can think is about like 
I don't know, my grandma gave me the seed that turned into this carrot and then I wanted to eat this carrot so badly and this freaking rabbit (laughs) (laughs) even ate it. And you feel such, you feel like a hollow of a soul. Mm. And even though, even when we have done the work, even when we've gone to therapy, even when we do self-reflecting and rituals and spirituality and embodiment sometimes we can't find ways to paint the hollowness into wholeness and that just adds to the hollowness yeah and yeah sometimes you just as hard and as frustrating as it is to have the knowledge on, on how maybe you can move through it. Sometimes the best thing you can do for you is to sit in it. Mm-hmm. But it can be really scary because I remember I just kept telling, asking my therapist, like, am I depressed? Because I don't, I've been there. I've taken antidepressants and the world to me sucked because yes, I couldn't feel depressed anymore, but I couldn't feel anything, anything. (laughs) You could have told me that I had a green card and I was an American citizen and my answer would have been, okay. And that sucks. (laughs) You could have put Leonardo DiCaprio blindfolded on a chair. (laughs) I can definitely speak to how uncomfortable it is when you've lost your vibrancy. Um, and if I may, like from, for me, there was a point at which, um, you know, the unexpected and the unknown starts to land. So there's, there's the point where you're in the storm, right? And then there's a point where maybe the storm is working its way out, but you're left in your body in that experience and bouncing back from that is is a slow, at least my experience, a slow process of surrender. And well, okay, I got nothing today and I still don't have anything. And maybe I'll spend a little bit of time processing that. But even that in winter, you don't have the same resources. And so much of, at least for me, much of the time was spent taking care of myself in the most um, unspiritual ways, you know? Yeah. I didn't touch my deep meditation practice in those moments. It wouldn't have been possible. I didn't dance my emotions. It wouldn't have been possible. I laid down. I took baths. I cried. I watched TV. Mm -hmm. I read stories that weren't my stories. You know, it was, it was a different care. Um, and it's, and I found it really difficult knowing when it was time to start exchanging that, that behavior with a little bit more of the intentional, okay, I'm ready to like walk myself out of this cave now. Um, so defrosting, let's talk about that. That's, I, I love that you share that because um, I don't know if you would call that spiritual bypassing when we when we feel like because we know the things 
I guess it's it's just knowledge bypassing, right? We we know what we need to do, then we feel like we have to do it. But we have to meet our bodies, we have to meet our souls where they are mm-hmm. and take it from there. And that doesn't mean that you have like regressed in your progress. That doesn't right. mean that you have, you know, that all these years of work are down the drain. It actually now that, that we're like on the sprouting process of sorts, looking back at, at, you know, you had TV and stories and baths and cries. I had cries, Grey's Anatomy, Buffalo chicken pizza and ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Looking back at it, I, I wish I could hug myself and say, you little bitch, you're doing what you need to do to, to do, (laughs) you know? You're doing what you need to do to move from that sucky level to the next less sucky level. Yeah. And that's, compl- that's not only valid, but it's beautiful to have the capacity to be compassionate enough with ourselves to know that we're not regressing. We're tending to a need that needs to be met in a different level. Even if we have all this amazing resources that we can do when we are vibrationally in a different stage. It's like uh, if you were a tree in the middle of February and you were just in the inner experience of being a tree, like yelling at yourself because there's no leaves on your branches. You know what I mean? There's, um, that's insane. Well, (laughs) But we do it a lot. <laughs> and the leaves will come. You know? There's something about time that comes into play here. There's something about, um, you know, being in the phase that you're in. And uh, I don't know. I just saw that. I just saw that that image of, like, me being outside. This hilarious image of, like, looking at my garden, like, hello, where are, why aren't you in bloom? Why aren't you growing? It's like... Because look around you, feel the temperature. It's like, see it for what it is. Yeah. So the, um, as we're coming out, what was that like for you? Are you out? I, I think I'm like one foot in, one foot out still, yeah. to be honest with him. Yeah. Um, I think what, what helped me, get out was like physically getting out um, to find that room. It's almost like after the winter, I got buried in debris, like tops and tops and tops and tops. And there was no room for me to like actually get out. So, you know, with the pizza and the ice cream and the grease anatomy, like slowly, little by little, like I was able to like sneak my hand out and slowly start taking the debris uh, away from me and now even though I'm physically in quotation marks uncovered from the debris it's still all over me like it's still like all around now I need to find a trash bag <laughs> and like collect those things but uh, it feels <sighs> feels like air after you've been trapped. It feels like the biggest 
breath you've taken all your life. Mm. And it can be freezing. To be like, okay, now I have, I can breathe. What do I do? <laughs> mm. Do you think you gave yourself time to just appreciate the movement? Like, I think I could feel in, in my own when I started to um, reemerge, I guess, for lack of a better word. Uh, I wanted to use any and all energy available to me to create again. Mm -hmm. And I really had to keep monitoring and checking myself to not feel like I need to alchemize and use. I could just enjoy mm -hmm. that breath and not be like, and now what am I going to make with it? Um, oh gosh, we just are so conditioned to put ourselves in the world. And I think it's important, but like, have you resourced it? just enjoyed it for the place that you move from it's a it's been a practice to be yeah. honest i i catch myself going into the oh what can we do next my precious <laughs> and i'm like can we chill it's it hasn't even been a month can we enjoy the blank canvas that's in front of us and actually figure out what do we want to paint because otherwise we're going to start painting and then you might look at your canvas and be like why the fudge did I paint it oh. <laughs> can I just I need to say something now because I'm over here snapping and silently um just nodding amen to you because I feel like this is the beauty of coming out of winter and it should not be avoided that you have this widened perspective from all that stillness, silence, and cold to see yourself um, and what you're doing in the world from a, from a perspective you wouldn't normally have because you're normally in it, making the things. And now you have this coming back from not making the things. Um, so I had this experience when I was making my online schedule. So I took a, a long break from teaching, like the longest break I've ever taken in my life from teaching. And coming back, I'm like, do, do, do on my computer, like strategizing, making these, these classes. And I have all this energy that I felt and I just really put it out there. And then I stopped and I'm looking at what I made, this scaffolded plan. And I'm like, what did I, what is that? Like, why am I doing that? That feels old. In fact, do I really want to be doing it? And I went into this cycle of like, um, hmm thought about all right I actually there's an opportunity here I've made some space to make different choices and am I just going to run the old program just like take the old program from three months ago and put it put in place here or can I can I let the winner be a part of this and so I'm still in there processing that but um I don't know I just had like you when you're describing that I was like I've had that blank canvas filling it and then looking like what are you putting on this canvas I had that moment exactly <laughs> yeah I think that's that's the difference right right if we if we take that blank canvas analogy a step further right and we think of the pre-winter version of us as a toddler you gave them a piece of paper you gave them crayons 
they just went bananas. They mixed all the primary colors and there's no color now. It's just like a blob of blah color <laughs> in there. Maybe some glitter and a little star sticker. Makes no sense. <laughs> but it's there, it's theirs, they're happy. Then they, they go into the winter. Let's pretend they emerge a teenager. Just for the sake of, of entertaining the analogy. And they look back at what they had before. And they're like, why did I even create this? But then they go and, and, and want to wallpaper the room with the posters of, oh, this is going to probably tell my age, Colin Farrell and Tom Felton and like <laughs> Devon Sawa. <you> know? <laughs> um, and then they're going to have another winter and then they're going to reemerge and they're going to be like, why did I do this? And they want to want to rip everything off and remake everything in two seconds. But what if we just wait and like move with the space? I'm actually, I was reading an architecture book before I moved apartments. And one of the things that they said was the fact that your floor plan says that your bedroom is your bedroom and your living room is the living room means nothing. And so before you buy new furniture, before you arrange, the house before you paint and, and make everything pop, move in the space. So you can figure out whether the couch actually goes where people put the couch on, or maybe your couch goes somewhere else. And we don't know because we've never lived without the couch to begin with. Mm. So I read that and I was like, ooh, maybe I'll just make my bedroom my pole dance room. And then I changed my mind. Um, just because remote work, I, I do want to have a space where my bed is separate from everything else. <laughs> but um, but who's to say, right? What yeah. goes where? Or what's right? Or, yeah. You know, if you want to have a... Or what's the should? There's no shoulds. There's only you. And that takes a long time. I think that's the magic of winter is that you get to hermit you know, to use the, the tarot archetype, become the hermit. And then as you reemerge, like, you know, you're way more resourced as an individual to mm -hmm. put your individuality in the world because you've left the social hive for, for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite analogies or, or stories, actually the story of Persephone. Of mm. how she... A lot of people said Hades kidnaps her. A lot of people say she like tricks him into getting her down there. But whatever the reasons for her going into the underworld are, the, the fact is that she's down there, right? For a good chunk of time. And when she comes back every six months, she's a different force. She's not the mentor's daughter anymore. She's the queen of the goddamn underworld making spring happen on top of the earth and then going back down and resourcing and going back and forth between these two worlds in a way that is so humble and powerful. That, I mean, mm. I love her. I love that, that story just has so much power in embracing both the winter and, and, and the non-winter 
or the light and the shadow and, and this whole, you have to go in before you can build out. And I think as a collective, we're realizing that the only way to build meaningful things outside, not only as an individual, but in turn as a collective, is really just going in and asking ourselves, who am I, what do I value and what do I want? And that's, for me, that's, that's true sensuality. It's like literally being able to look at yourself naked, both physically and metaphorically, and say, what's in there? And how do I use it to create? That's beautiful. I think we should end there. I wouldn't add a thing. (laughs) But I'm curious, for those of you listening, like, have you experienced a winter recently or in your life and what was your experience of that and what happened after? Um, And how can we collectively honor the winter in those folks in our life that we care about? So thank you so much. I I wanna give you some space and time to drop um, drop any goods about where to find you, what you're working on, or maybe you're not, right? To honor your winter. And, um, and just for, before I do that, just gratitude to you. This was, uh, this felt like a circle. We just sat down in a circle. So thank you. I'm, I'm really grateful for you and your wisdom. So on to you, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, first of all, damn, this was powerful and transformative and, and thank you for always being such a badass human that opens up these channels for for people to to connect right because we we've all gone through winters we will continue to go through winters at some point and and this is evergreen we can come back to this as many times and we'll find new information and uh yeah i mean you can find me mostly on instagram that's where i do my magic and it's Nanis Zone. I will spell that because it can get a little convoluted. N-A-N-E-S-Z-O-N-E. Because um, my nickname is Nane. So just in case you were wondering, why is this the thing? And I'm currently just working on building a group coaching offering. I do take one-on-one clients. Uh, But I do feel that the alignment work, the sensuality work, the inner work is best done when you have an individual component that you can explore on your own and create your own safe space. But that also gives you the ability to have a group of like-minded people where you can share insights and grow from other people's insights into the most unlayered version of you there is through movement, through reflection and through sharing in the collective. So that's, that's what I'm working on. I'm always working on workshops, but honestly, it sometimes it doesn't feel like work because as I work through them, I'm, I'm working on myself 
as well. So it's, I think that's the beauty of this kind of work when we, when we do it from the heart and not from the, oh, I need to get into the next course and the next workshop. When we let things flow, it, it really becomes a magical magnet of, of sprouts of sorts. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I am. That's where you can find me. And you can also find me sometimes on Finding Your Freestyle with some cool workshops. So I hope to see you in life where, where the road takes us. I hope to see your face and say hello. Hopefully with a hug at some point soon. But until then, I, I hug you energetically with so much love and compassion. And I thank you all for listening. And thank you, Tracy, again for amazing conversation (laughs) (laughs) thank you all for listening be well see you soon you've been listening to the finding your freestyle podcast to learn more about finding your freestyle visit our website at www.findingyourfreestyle.com or find us on instagram and facebook under finding your freestyle